0: If you are new to Starfinder or recently purchased it through the Humble Bundle deal, welcome to a fantastic RPG gaming system. Today I wanted to go over character creation, show you just how easy it is. We're going to be using a character that I draw some inspiration from. I hope you do as well. It's not one that I own the rights to, but let's show you exactly how easy it is to create a character in Starfinder. Step one of nine steps. I promise it's not as bad as it sounds. You always start off with a character concept. Do you have some idea of what it is that you would like to play? For myself, this usually starts off as an idea, a picture. What does your character want to embody? Or what do you want this character to embody? Once I have the idea of what I think the character is going to look like, how they're going to act, a bit of a personality, then I will start thinking about how I want them to operate mechanically. This can be a little difficult if you're not familiar with the game system, but please talk this over with your GM. Some of you may do your character creation process a little differently than myself. That's totally fine. There is no right and wrong way to create a character unless you're doing bad math. It always starts with a concept, though. Do you want to build your character around a specific mechanic? Do you want to have a space druid? Do you want to play an intergalactic music pop star? Maybe you want to be a demolitions expert? There is so much you can do, you are limited literally only by your imagination. My demo character is going to be a well-known icon throughout the galaxy. They have been an extraordinary pilot. They have brokered peace in situations where it just simply would not have happened before. They also represent the democratic order of planets. Let's make Zap Brannigan. And I mean, not Zap Brannigan because I don't have the rights to this character. Let's make Braf Zanigan. Any similarities to fictional characters are purely coincidental. Oh, God, Disney, please don't sue me. Step number two, once we have the idea in our heads of what we want our character to be, we can start with picking a race. There are literally hundreds of races in Starfinder. There is four bestiaries. I mean, Alien Archives. Almost every race will give you at least a plus two to some ability. Some may give you two plus twos with a negative two somewhere. Some might even give you a plus four to a single ability score with a minus two somewhere else. So you will probably want to combine your chosen race with your chosen class. So what race are we going to go with for Braf Zanigan? I think we need to go with the obvious choice, Human. What I would suggest is once you've selected your race, Mark your modifiers on the back of your character sheet. We do have a little bit of things we need to write down before we can tally up the the final totals. And of course, you're going to want to mark down the hit points. In Starfinder, when we're talking about theme, it's very similar to how background works in Pathfinder 2e. Theme is a little bit of extra flavor for your character. They will give you specific abilities related to that theme at specific levels. With your theme, you also get on top of these abilities, you gain an ability score modifier. For Braf Zanagan, there really is no other choice. We must make him a icon. This is the only theme that I feel applies in this particular case, and there is a lot of themes to choose from. Icons are well known throughout the universe. Sometimes they are intergalactic movie stars. They could also be a professional gamer. A pilot of some repute. It doesn't really matter the reason, whatever you've chosen for your character, if you want to be famous, an icon is probably the way you're going to go. In Braff's case, he is definitely known as a wonderful ambassador and pilot extraordinaire, as well as a brilliant negotiator. Except for the fact that these are all third hand stories, and anyone who's actually met him may not have lived to tell the tale. Not because he's tried to kill them, but just because of his antics. They tend to get a lot of other people killed. Mark your theme's ability modifier on the back of your character sheet as well. Then we get to move on to the next big choice, which is your class. Starfinder currently has a total of 11 classes. There is seven in the core rulebook. You will find three more in the character operations manual. I've reviewed that up here. There is also a brand new class called the Nanosight in the Technology Revolution or the Tech Revolution book, which is just recently released from Paizo. They literally shipped my copy like a couple of days ago, so I don't have it yet, but it's on the way. So what do we need for Braff to stand out? Well, Braff is going to be someone who is a, like I've said, a good pilot, brilliant negotiator. They are someone who commands awe, whether that is inspiring awe, A disbelief? Someone who can't believe how dumb they are? Whatever sense of awe you feel towards this particular character, it's correct. I should make a small clarification around this as well. Not that this character is necessarily dumb. This character does have an average intelligence. However, their wisdom leaves a little something to be desired. Charisma is going to be the Envoy's primary ability score. You need to have this charisma to inspire confidence in your waves after waves of men, especially when you send them against the kill bots, because you know their only weakness is reaching a predetermined kill limit. Now with your class or chosen class, whatever it may be, on your character sheet, mark down or highlight, make some indication of what your class skills are. Everything that's listed for your class is what you get. For the Envoy specifically, you get eight skill ranks per level, plus your intelligence modifier. And with being a human, we also gain an extra plus one skill rank per level. And of course you're gonna wanna mark down the hit points as well as the stamina points. Now I'm gonna be putting all of this information into a community generated character sheet, one that I rather like using. It's called Schwarz Character Sheet. It's rather long, but, it is a form fillable pdf and it does a lot of the math for you also the way i'm entering this zaf is more than just a level one character so i'm starting him at level three and the reason that i think most players should start at level three when you begin an adventure it gives you a little bit of leeway for some of your backstory also if you're familiar with role-playing games like dungeons and dragons for example you'll feel fairly comfortable with this system specifically talking about 3.5 Or even Pathfinder. Level three is really when the game opens up. Anything lower than this is for teaching new people how to play. So plan your games accordingly. But in terms of combat encounters, damage doesn't start to get consistent until level three onward. Now when it comes to determining ability scores, there is a couple of ways you can go about doing this. I like to use the point by system. So all of your ability scores start at 10. You then apply your race bonuses and penalties if there is any. You apply your theme bonus, then you start using your points. The way the point buy system works, you get 10 points. Each time you raise an ability by 1, it costs 1 point. You also cannot be higher than 18 in any one of your abilities from the get go. You can be higher than this later, but from character creation, you, you you don't go past 18. Another way you can do this, although I feel that it would really break some of the balance in the in the Starfinder system, you can roll 4d6, lose the lowest dice and use that for your for your ability scores. You would roll this 6 times to get 6 numbers to and then assign them as you see fit. I've heard about some hardcore players who only do this with 3d6 and whatever number you get, that's what you get and you roll them in order. That's very hardcore and really goes against the character customization that you can do for the system. But hey, I'm not going to tell you how to have fun at your table. Paizo also gives some examples of some stat arrays, which are predetermined numbers that you can put into any desired stat or ability that you want. As you can see from here. I'm not a fan of the stat array, but if you are new to role-playing games in general, this is a quick and easy way to get characters built and just get into the game and start playing. Once you've put the numbers in that you need for your abilities, you can start to assign ranks in skills. Your ranks cannot be higher than your character level, your total character level if you're multiclassing. So for Braff, because he is level three, we cannot put more than three ranks into any one skill. Now your class skills, this is where this becomes important. The first rank you put into a class skill gives you an additional plus three bonus. You can put your ranks wherever you want, they don't have to be a class skill. But if you're putting ranks into a non-class skill, you do not gain that plus three bonus. Now that we've done all of this, we can start writing in our class feats, proficiencies, and abilities. I do suggest having a dedicated page for these and with some quick reference page numbers so that you always know where your ability came from, especially if you're going across different books. I forget my stuff all the time. This is where you min-maxers are going to have a ton of fun. The envoy at level 1 is going to get their theme knowledge, they're also going to get envoy improvisation and expertise at first level, as well as skill expertise, and at level 3 they gain their first expertise talent. And at level three, every class gains weapon specializations for their level one proficiencies. Now that we've done all the heavy lifting, we still have to fill in a few blanks and purchase character equipment. Now at level three, it is suggested that a PC should start with 4,000 credits. If you're starting at level one, you'll gain 1,000 credits. My suggestion would be to spend about a third of your starting wealth on a gun, a third of your starting wealth on armor, and the rest for items if you don't have a healer in the party then make sure you have access to serums these are basically your health potions as well as anything that you feel your character may need to fit your idea or your concept of them for Brath, we gave him a ray gun we also gave him some armor as well as some special morphing clothes reconfigurable clothes are kind of cool in the sense that you buy one outfit at the cost of however many outfits you wanted to transform into and this one article of clothing can at will or at the user's choice transform into one of your chosen outfits and because i feel that Braff is a little bit full of himself he also has a special food maker known as the culinary synthesizer mark ii it does your average meal at a little less than the cost of an average meal but it's food on command And of course, for Braff, we need to have some of the outfits. A velvet velour suit, ceremonial clothes, military garb, and a party outfit. If you've been doing the math along with me, you may notice that this puts Braff a little bit over the 4000 mark, but I'm the GM. I say what's okay and what's not, and this is okay because it's only a little bit. Now, as just some of the final touches for our character sheet, we need to make sure that the reflex saves, the attack bonuses, the fortitude saves, we need to make sure that they are all written correctly. And this is one reason that I like this character sheet is because I enter the numbers and it all just works. One thing I need to note for characters when you're designing something in your head, there is two types of armor class in Starfinder. One is called the energy armor class and one is called the kinetic armor class. Eak and CAC. These two stats represent how hard it is to be hit by energy weapons or to be hit by physical weapons. Every monster you fight will have Eak and CAC as well as <laughs> every monster you fight will have Eak and CAC and each monster in turn, depending on what abilities they're doing or what type of monster they are, will hit you in the Eak or the CAC. And there is also two values for your hit points. You have your standard hit points. If these go to zero, you're, you're dying. You also have stamina points. Now when you get hit, your stamina points go down first. And whenever you deplete your stamina points, your damage starts to spill over into your health points. Now as a fun fact, if you take a 10 minute rest and spend one resolve point, you can replenish all of your stamina points. So GMs and party members, please keep this in mind. If you would like to learn a little bit more about Starfinder GMing and common mistakes that I've seen, then please check out this video up here now. I rather enjoyed making this character. It was a little exercise in explanation for myself. Thank you to my brand new patron Alex. If you have questions let me know about them in the comment section below. Thanks for stopping by everyone.